Welcome to the Dental Brief. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode right of the, the Dental Brief. Podcast. I'm here today Produced with our guest, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Brown. Say hello, Dr. Brown. Practice. Hi, good afternoon. Nice to see you, Patrick. Hey, nice to see you, too. Uh, Dr. Brown um, website, is an expert in sleep and TMJ. On to today's episode. Uh, health. Um, he is with uh, sleep and TMJ. Um, Therapy.com. Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background uh, and how you became an expert in sleep and TMJ? Well, for many years, I was a general dentist. I kind of dabbled in this field a little bit, did a lot of education in it. Um, 25 or so years ago was when I really got interested when I got rear-ended one day. I was rear-ended. I was more concerned about my BMW being destroyed than I was my back and neck. But unfortunately, the next morning, I couldn't even move. My neck and back were hurting so bad. Wow. I was so thankful I had met Dr. Brendan Stack and listened to a few of his lectures over the years because that's when I knew I needed an appliance in my mouth to open up my jaw joints and protect them. And I tell a few people here and there that little device saved my life. Without it, I would probably be in a wheelchair right now or not even here to tell you the truth. So I thank Dr. Brendan Stack, the father of TMJ, for having – he actually created this practice – I took it over a number of years ago, and I was his apprentice, if you want to call it that, for quite a few years. Uh, I would run out and get his lunch, get his coffees for him, and we'd uh, sit there talking about cases all day and sometimes into the evening. It was quite an experience working with him. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it was, and that's uh, quite the story. I love it when someone has a personal connection as to why they got onto the area of expertise that they're in. In addition... Um, That also travels into sleep apnea. I had severe sleep apnea. My number was 72, which is considered like, well, you're almost dead at that number. That number should be down around two or three, meaning very little apnea. But when you're 72, you're in the high, high danger zone. So I've been able to treat myself over the years. I've got my numbers down to next to nothing. I sleep exceptionally well, and uh, I feel pretty good. That's great news. Hey, Dr. Brown, let's jump right into um, helping our audience out here. What's, sure. um, tell me some, um, what problems do you see that practices and dentists are facing every day when it, when it comes to your area of expertise in sleep and TMJ? Well, what I would really like to get the message out there would be that please screen your patients for underlying TMJ disorders. And if you as the dentist are super busy, like what I do in the area here of Northern Virginia, I go to different offices now and then. And I get my little ruler out and I show people how to measure when the patient opens really big, measure that incisal edge to incisal edge distance that needs to be around 50 millimeters. In so many of my new patients that come in, it's 20. I had people yesterday come in at 18, 22 millimeters. That's way off by more than 50%. That means the disc inside the jaw joint is most likely slipped out of place. So I, when I do my initial interview with a patient, I have them sitting across from me in a bar stool. So I look at their eyes, their ears, the neck. I get a picture of the whole person and have an idea better of what's going on as well. I'd like to show this little bit of a technique to the dentists in, the, in Northern Virginia, all over the country, all over the world, if they're interested, how to just do a quick 10-second screening to see if that person has underlying TMJ disorder. And if they do... You can maybe eventually learn how to deal with it yourself. Some practitioners do already, but we do it at a wholly different level. Let's talk about some practices uh, and uh, dentists kind of doing it themselves. Um, I see some dentists want to move into that area because of 
uh, profits, right? Because it's a, it, because they think it's going to be lucrative for them. But however, I see most of them actually won't succeed in those endeavors, and they'll only see a very few patients. And it almost seems like the money that they'll invest in in training will never um, actually uh, produce uh, a net tangible benefit to them. Maybe it sure sure will help some uh, patients. Let's say a dentist. Um, is wanting to get into it for themselves, what would be some of the steps that they could do as far as uh, business development after they've gone through training? Business development, I think, requires a strong online presence. At this moment, just shy of 50% of our new patients find us on Google because nobody was able to inform them of what they can do or where they need to go to fix the problems. People tend to type in uh, migraines, head pain, neck pain, jaw clicking, popping, even ticks like Tourette's and all that. We see those patients frequently. They don't know where to go. They've gone to the neurologist. They tried gabapentin, neurontin, all these other things. It's not fixing anything. They're having trouble breathing. They're having trouble sleeping. Their ENT doctor will most likely say, let's do surgery to open up the sinuses, open the throat or even as aggressively as double jaw surgery, where you cut the upper lower jaw and you shove it forward. Well, it does open the throat, but it's an aggressive, aggressive surgery, which I really wouldn't wish on anybody. And I've never had a single patient ever do it, to tell you the truth. Sure. Yeah, that wouldn't, uh, I don't think I'd want to go through something like that myself. Right. When, we, when we talk about... Um, dentist identifying this, what are some, what are, tell me the benefits of a dentist. And, and I know you worked and you were a, a general dentist for the beginning part of your career, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So tell me the benefits of a dentist being able to identify this in a patient um, and being able to refer this out. What are some of the benefits that the dentist receives from, from doing? Well, that? what I tell the, the patient when they sit across from me and I, and I ask them, okay, who referred you? Well, Dr. Smith up in Herndon, Virginia referred me. And I say things like, you really want to call Dr. Smith's office and thank him personally because we are going to have, save you a lot of trouble in the future and a lot of pain. Your future will be better and a higher quality of life because Dr. Smith recognized the symptoms. He or she then looks so much better to that patient. Now, sure. that is an economic gain for the, for the dentist because they're going to send their friends over. Hey, he was a smart guy. He spotted that I had sleep apnea grinding, clenching, all that kind of stuff. And he knew to refer over this way so I could help treat it and get that person feeling better. Sure. Makes sense to me. I see this happen right now. I'm seeing it happen, especially on online groups. And I'm hearing this from dentists that, you know, they're very upset that they're losing patients to Smile Direct, right? So these patients are leaving, they're they're calling up Smile Direct. They're they're being those consumers that search online themselves. And, and usually what I tell dentists is like, hey, what are you doing to make sure that every single one of your patients knows that you offer some type of ortho, that you offer either Invisalign or, or uh, clear aligners or, or, or something? And usually the answer is nothing, right? Oh, well, we have a poster in our waiting room, which nobody is in anymore, right? Um, or, uh, you know, some type of uh, way that's really pretty passive. So we're always uh, telling our clients to, hey, make sure that your patients know every single thing that you do. If I would think that if a patient doesn't know um, that their dentist can help them with TMJ, um, they would do a Google search and who knows where they might end up. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's not a referral, you know, that patient may never come back to the dental practice. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah, that's accurate. Sure. Yeah. So um, let's jump into um, how 
to identify how can a, a dentist find an expert? Um, how should they vet an expert? What should they look for in an expert to, to send their cases to? Uh, that's, that's a tough one, Patrick. Um, so many dentists, like you said earlier, they're dabbling in this stuff. And when I meet a, a new patient who's been to multiple dentists over the years, they've gotten a, a, a bite guard, for example, it was done wrong most of the time. No one ever did an MRI to look at the jaw joints, to look at the articular disc in the joint itself. They didn't do that. Well, let me put it this way. If I was an orthopedic doctor and a patient came to me saying, Dr. Brown, my knee hurts every day of the week. The first thing I would order is an MRI and look at the meniscus, look at the kneecap. If you don't do that, I basically say that's malpractice. You're dealing with a joint. You're going to treat a joint. And yet you don't have an MRI to know what is going on inside that joint. Sure. And this joint is very complicated. It's the only double joint in our body that it rotates first, then it comes down and forward called translation. Whereas a knee, it just swings. That's all it does. It doesn't rotate and translate. So there's all sorts of different things happening inside that little joint. And without an MRI, I don't think you should treat. Makes sense to me. Dr. Brown, you're located in Falls Church, Virginia. Tell me what areas do you serve? How far out are you uh, helping dentists uh, with their cases? Um, and uh, what would be the best way for any dentist in those areas uh, to get in touch with you to learn more? Uh, well, if anybody does want to get in touch, they can just call the office. Yesterday, I had somebody shadowing me for the whole afternoon. It was fun to have someone here. Uh, but, she, she learned a tremendous amount. I showed her x-rays before and after. And the x-rays, well, I... I guess Megan can maybe email you some x-rays if you like, but you can clearly see, like I'll take a patient, the upper cranium, this part, Patrick, the upper part of the skull, okay, yeah, like that, and see how the neck goes too. Well, we can bring that around, realign the cranium so it sits on the neck straighter. And of course, that patient will feel tremendously better. But yeah, my number is uh, on the website. Anybody who wants to shadow, come on over and have some fun. Maybe not. Yeah, uh, we'll absolutely post your website, sleepandtmjtherapy.com, on our website so our audience can find it there. Um, take a look for sure. Reach out to Dr. Brown. He's certainly an expert in the field. Dr. Brown, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always fun yeah. to do. Yeah, anytime you want to come back and, and share and build value with our audience, we'd love to have you. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.